going on, everyone? Another episode of CamCast on the way. Uh, I want to thank everybody that's been listening to a lot of my sports talk and everything. But like I said in the last episode, it's, the sports talk's kind of gonna it's gonna be put on hold for a little bit. I got to talk a lot more movies. Um, I got a lot more movies I want to talk about, and I'm also taking a break from the Marvel talk for a little bit because there's there's a couple movies that I that I watch over and over and over again, and I've been wanting to talk about them because to me. Uh, these are movies that I think are universally loved and there's a lot of facts and stuff that you guys might not know about and you guys might want to learn about these type of things. So, um, you know, well, that's going to be what today's, uh, podcast episode is going to be about. I want to thank everybody that's been listening on the channel so far, everyone that's been getting involved, everyone that's been sharing, liking, and subscribing. Uh, if you can continue to do so, I mean, that's, that'd be a big help to me and what I'm trying to get accomplished here in terms of, you know, getting the word out. Um, again, if you want to follow on the Instagram or tell everyone that you know, if you really like what's going on, to follow on the Instagram, that's at cam.cast, K-A-M.K-S-T. I mean, you guys know the drill at this point. You know, it's CamCast. Uh, and, you know, as like I said before, we're doing YouTube now. It's a new thing. This will be the third video. It's going to be uh, up on YouTube, um, on the Apple Podcast, on Spotify, on my Anchor homepage. You know, it's I got the link tree in my Instagram handle. So that way you guys can uh, you know access whatever playlist you're you're trying to trying to access whatever you know I guess whatever way you want to listen to it I got many many different ways you can listen to me if you want to listen to my dumbass voice. But today we're gonna be talking about a classic from 2010. Yes, it's a classic. It might go down as the best movie of of that decade of the 2010s, and that is the David Fincher directed, Aaron Sorkin written, The Social Network. Starring Jesse Eisenberg and a cast of other guys, we're going to be talking about. But this is uh, this movie special. I knew this movie was special when I first saw it, and it's one of those movies where I could watch it every single day, and I kind of do. I mean, it's on Netflix right now, so I watch it at least twice a week, and that's completely honest. I mean, sometimes it's on as background noise, but there are certain scenes in that movie that really just inspire me to want to do something else. Everything from the way that the actors are. And, you know, the way it was written, the way it was shot, the score. Oh, man, it's got one of the best scores I've ever heard. And it's it's the guy who scored it is is uh, from Nine Inch Nails for all you metal fans out there. But now I have I have a lot to talk about this movie. Um, just a lot of really positive things. It's it's going to be one of the few reviews where I'm not I'm not going to hardly say anything negative about this movie. I think it's almost a perfect movie. I mean, it's it's completely crazy how they how this movie is and. It's only ten years old. It may, no, it's eleven years old because you know two thousand ten, and you know, but it's, it's eleven years old. But man, it is, it is amazing, and it's all of it applies to today because it's still a, a social media site that is really prominent that everyone uses. So I mean, it's movies. The movies, fan, you know, it's fantastic. So I mean, it's that's that's all the I got for the intro. I, I want to say so much more, but I got to get home to the rest of the video. Right, guys, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, let's let's get going. <laughs> Guys, once again, thank you for listening to this uh, this fun episode of the of the podcast today. Uh, we're just gonna go ahead and get right into it. The Social Network. We're doing it. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm just I'm stoked. Social Network came out in 2010, October 1st, 2010, and I don't remember. I don't think I saw this movie in the theater. Um, I remember it wasn't. 
don't know. I, th- I was uh, I was a senior in high school. I think it was kind of weird that this movie came out. I remember I was like, okay, they're making a movie about the creation of Facebook. But that was at that time where, to me, it was like Facebook was still pretty new. So I didn't know that there was a whole crazy backstory about it. And that was kind of right before, you know, Twitter and all that kind of took off. So there's not a lot of information about how this kind of came to be. Um, but this is this is the story of how Facebook was made. It's a story of how Mark Zuckerberg had an idea as a kid in, at Harvard University and how he basically created this thing. And I think the irony of this movie is, or the irony of Facebook in general, is that Mark Zuckerberg wasn't exactly a people person, right? He was one of those guys that was very tech savvy. He wasn't necessarily good with people. He was great at creating things, great at solving problems, you know, mathematically, computer with you know, with his computer and everything. But he wasn't known as being uh, particularly good with people or being able to talk to people really well. So I guess the irony of this whole of his website that he created is he created a website that allowed people to get closer to one another. You know, but he was never able to really do that himself outside of the website. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting, especially when you see interviews of the real life Mark Zuckerberg and how just much of an alien he is. I mean, he's just, he's an awkward guy. He's really weird. Um, his, the way he speaks is strange. A lot of the things that he's done the last 10 years have been really strange, you know, with data mining and all of that. He's just, I don't know. It's the more you think about it, the more weird it is that this guy created the most important social media site that everyone uses today. It's the site that you know, your grandparents use, that your uncles and aunts use, that your maybe your really uh, politically charged uncles or aunts might share things on. I mean, that's that's kind of what Facebook is today, right? I mean, it's not it's not it's not for the purpose that it was originally when it was made, and that was they made it clear in the movie it was because it was cool. And that's just one thing that Facebook isn't really anymore. It's not cool. Facebook definitely isn't as cool as it was back in 2010. I mean I had a Facebook in 2010. I think I got a Facebook when I was a junior in high school, and I thought it was one of the coolest things ever. I mean, you could see all your friends on there. Um, everybody, you know, you would see what people were doing. You'd have pictures. You'd tag your friends in your posts and stuff like that. It was fun. Facebook's not that fun anymore. Facebook's kind of like it's it's full of ads. You know, Facebook really used to be big on games and stuff like that. I don't know. It's Facebook's. It's not as cool as it is. So it's kind of cool seeing it in this little in this little bubble before it is what it is today, because at that time it was cool and everyone was really excited to be on it. And there was a website where a lot of college people were, were on it. So it's, it's interesting taking that time capsule idea and kind of being thrust into that, that year of 2003 and a little couple of years after, cause that's when it was made uh, Facebook that is and seeing how it's changed so much. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that's kind of interesting. So we're going to get into the main players of this. We have David Fincher as a director. David Fincher, of, co- of course, known for Seven. He directed Zodiac. He's directed a ton of amazing things. Mindhunter on Netflix. David Fincher's a, a really well-known, well-respected director. Probably one of the top 10 directors of the last 30 years. I think he's on that short list. It's like him, Tarantino, Christopher Nolan, you know, Scorsese, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I have, I'll have to do a whole different podcast on, on Scorsese's stuff. But yeah, it's a whole different thing. But... Not Fincher was Fincher's an amazing director. He hasn't gotten a lot of the respect that he's deserved, in my opinion, because he's made some amazing films. He sometimes gets shut out in the Oscar buzz for best director, and I don't understand why. Like he didn't win for Zodiac, he should have won. 
Seven, he should have won. This movie, I don't even think he was nominated. Should have won. I mean, this movie's fantastic. Uh, the real the real brain of this movie, though, is Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin wrote the screenplay for this movie. It's his movie. It's his dialogue. The reason why this movie is so quotable and the reason why this movie is so fun to watch and it's so quick, right? It's like a metronome. It's because of, of Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin, of course, famous for writing The West Wing. That might be his, his greatest claim to fame. But this is probably a top five script all time in terms of what it is, how it plays things out. The way that the dialogue is is constructed like perfectly and eloquently, it's, it's amazing. I mean, when you really dissect this movie and you've watched it as many times as I have, I don't know how he did it. I mean, there are so many words in this movie. There's so much being said to the audience and the audience is able to just completely absorb all of it. You know, take all of the words in and be able to completely understand it and and use it on the movie and use it, you know, for future reference for for quoting and shit like that. So, I mean, it's it's really Aaron Sorkin's movie. The interesting thing about this is Sorkin originally wanted to direct it, but he decided that it would be in the best interest of the film if he had a a well-established director with maybe a little bit of a dark twist to be able to direct this movie. And that's why he went to David Fincher and said, hey, I want you to direct this movie. And Fincher was like, hey, I'm in. So it's Aaron Sorkin's script, Darren, David Fincher's direction. It's just, they, there's no way that could have failed. There's no way it was going to fail. And it had the backing of Sony Pictures. Like, there's no way this movie was ever going to fail. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's and that's just the bones. You know, we're not even getting to the actors yet. The bones of this movie are so solid. You know, it's just, it, it's, it's like, uh, what's a good example of that? It's like Anthony Davis joining the, the the Los Angeles Lakers that already had LeBron James, and you're like, okay, this is going to be good, and I know it's going to be good because I know what that is, and I know what that is, and because of that this is going to be just like a match made in heaven, and it was. But in order for it to be a match made in heaven, they had to make sure that they hired the right actors, actors that could speak quick, that were you know great on screen, that were able to deliver this dialogue in a rapid fire uh, rapid fire manner. In order to get that script out there. Because I think that this movie. This movie is 120 minutes long. It's two hours exactly. But the screenplay is over 180 pages long. So what I've learned is that. A page in a screenplay is equal to one minute of screen time. So what they did was they took 180 pages. And squeezed it into 120 minutes of screen time. And you can tell. I mean there is something like that opening scene of this movie. They are just speaking rapid fire. Rooney Mara and Jesse Eisenberg are just, they're going, you know, just blow for blow. They're just word, 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 word. And it's all, you're just absorbing all of it. That, that, and it's, it's amazing. You're just like, okay, this is what this is going to be. I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on board. I'm for it. I, I just need to make sure that I have a cup of coffee and I'm wide awake so I can really digest what, what's being said to me right now. And that's why I think that. Eisenberg was the perfect guy to cast as Mark Zuckerberg. Eisenberg already speaks in a really fast, really quick, uh, quick way, quick manner. And I think that he was perfect for this type of dialogue and this type of direction. Because one thing you guys might not, not, might not know about David Fincher is Fincher does take after take after take after take. That first scene, I read that they did 80 takes of that scene. 80, to, 80 or 90, one of those two. It's absurd. Because it's like a five... 10 minutes scene, they kept going over and over and over again. So what they would do is they would do it the first time. And then uh, Aaron Sorkin would be like, okay, that's really good. But you need to be 30 seconds quicker. They literally would film this movie with stopwatches. They would start it. 
and stop it because Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher knew that the optimal way to watch this movie and for this movie to play out was it had to be a certain amount of time. And it's the only movie that I know of where stopwatch was used in the production of the movie. And I think that's just, it's incredible. Like the balls on those guys, you know, the gusto to just be like, hey, you're going to read my script and you're going to act in this movie, you know, it's being David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin. But you're gonna have to do it on my cadence at my time on my fucking cadence. That's <laughs> for your whiplash fans. But nah, it's 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 phenomenal. I mean, everyone was on the same page, and they kind of had to be. I mean, and then they got they got Andrew Garfield before he became a big household name. He was fantastic in this movie. Rooney Mara with a really small part in the beginning, and then a half scene in the middle where she's completely fantastic. This is before she did Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. So obviously David Fincher was like, hey, I want you to, you know, he liked her in this movie enough to be like, I want you to do Girl with the Dragon Tattoo the next year, which she did. And then you have Justin Timberlake playing Sean Parker, which is like, it's interesting because there's a lot of irony there, right? Like uh, Sean Parker invented Napster and Napster was there in the early 2010, early 2000s. And its whole sole purpose was to give free music to the masses. So it's kind of like, it was perfect having uh, Justin Timberlake play the guy who was trying to give free music away when Justin Timberlake as the person, you know, the singer, was making music during that time. So that was really genius by David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin to cast him as Sean Parker. And then you have Army Hammer playing both the Winklevoss twins, Tyler and Cameron, and you have uh, Max Mangala playing Divi, Nar- uh, Divi Nar- Narendra, who is uh, their, their colleague. So... One of the most interesting parts about this movie is I did not know that Army Hammer wasn't a twin for the longest time. This is before Army Hammer became, you know, the Lone Ranger, was in Call Me By Your Name and a bunch of other things that he's been in. I thought that Army Hammer had a twin. And for 2010, this 2010 CGI is unbelievable. For those of you that don't know, Army Hammer isn't a twin. Army Hammer played both roles. He played Dylan Winklevoss, or excuse me, He played Tyler Winklevoss and he played Cameron Winklevoss. So I just couldn't, you know, it's, I watched this movie like at least five to 10 times before I knew, or I realized that this guy's the same guy. He's not a twin. And the fact that they were able to pull this off in the movie is absolutely phenomenal. You know, for that CGI in 2010, which I mean, it was, it was getting better, but it's seamless. There's, it's completely seamless. I don't know how they did it. It's just like, wow. You know, I don't. The movie magic in that one is completely unbelievable, but like I, you got to give your credit to Army Hammer here. That was definitely his best role besides Call Me. I, if you haven't seen Call Me by Your Name, I advise watching Call Me by Your Name. It's it's a pretty fantastic movie, but he's great in that movie. But he's he's amazing in this movie, playing two roles, and you really believe he's two different people because Tyler Winklevoss is more you know to the punch. He's more he's a little bit more angry. Cameron Winklevoss doesn't want to fight with Mark this whole time. He wants to, he's trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, he did an amazing job. I'm, you know, you know, hats off to him. He did a, well, hats off to him. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, nah, it's, it's, he did a great job. Um, so the story is really, it's a really basic story. Basically what they're doing is in this entire movie is they're showing the backdrop of what happened. But simultaneously, they're also showing the courtroom stuff. You know, uh, in this movie, Mark Zuckerberg is in court. He's in two different court cases. He's in a court case with his friend Eduardo Saverin, played by Andrew Garfield. And he's also in a court case with the Winklevoss twins and uh, Divi Narendra. 
So he's in a court case with the Winklevoss twins and Divi Narendra because they think that he stole the idea for Facebook when they were trying to create their own Harvard Connect, you know, social media site. And, you know, he, he kind of, he didn't steal their idea, but he beat him to the punch, which is almost as worse because now their idea is completely irrelevant, right? So, I mean, they had their, they have a, they have an okay gripe there. Like I get it. Um, but then with, uh, Eduardo Saverin, he completely screwed him out of the company. You know, he had a high, he had a lot of shares in Facebook and then he was able to get Eduardo to sign some stuff and, uh, and he wound up only having 0.03% of the company. I mean, I'm going to get into more of that scene later on because it's, it's fantastic. I mean, if you've ever seen this movie, you know what this movie's all about. This movie's all about the dialogue. It's all about showing how how a person can change based on the amount of power that he has or she has, but definitely not there's no she in this movie. It's it's he has. Um man, I just I just love this movie so much. There's so many great things about it. Um I'm going to get into the categories right now because I there I'm gonna go deeper, deeper into the movie and the categories and uh I added one category specifically for this movie. So uh just let me know what you guys think. Let's get let's get going. Alright for those of you that uh that know how Camcast goes, it's time for the categories. This is where I break down the movie into now I have eight categories. Okay. Uh today I had to add an eighth category because this movie has some amazing quotes. So moving forward now the fifth category on the list is going to be best quote. And that's specifically due to this movie's amazing quote. I mean, the whole script is quotable, right? But you got to have a best quote with this movie. And I should have probably done it in the past, but now best quote is an official category. So there are eight. If you guys want me to add more, if you want me to take out ones that you think suck, let me know. I'll take them out. I don't care. I'll add some. I don't care. It's not just for me. Yeah, I love doing this, but... I want everybody to get involved and to feel like they're part of what's going on here. So that's that's my overall goal. So first first category, best scene. And honestly, this movie, the entire thing is the best scene. I think the entire movie is rewatchable, every single minute of it. But I, you know, I gotta gotta be true to the category. So first best scene. I have the opening scene, <clears throat> the opening scene with Mark and Erica. When they're in that bar, they're talking about finals clubs and, you know, their dialogue's just going back and forth, back and forth. And you f- it feels like they're they're having a decent uh, decent night out together, but then, like, it quickly shifts and, like, you know, it's... I don't know what it is about that scene. It is just an amazing way to enter the movie. Um, basically, Mark knows that he has to try to do something really exciting to get into these finals clubs and... His breakup with Erica kind of is like, hey, well, I, maybe if I make this face mash thing, then I'll be able to, uh, it'll spark the interest of the finals clubs, and they'll be like, hey, I want to bring this guy, Mark Zuckerberg, into my finals club or whatever. But I don't really know a ton about finals clubs because I, I never went to the Ivy League, big shock. But uh, I just, I think this scene's really interesting, and I think it's the most interesting I've ever seen Rooney Mara on screen. I think she's great. She needs to do more stuff like this. It might be a little too late for her. But she's really good in the scene, and Mark's good in the scene. It was a good table setter for the rest of the movie. Which leads me to my next scene, is the juxtaposition on the Harvard campus. We have Mark creating face mesh, completely drunk, and blogging about his his how he's a single now, in his dorm room. And then we have the party of the Phoenix Club, which is a finals club. A finals club. There's something really interesting about that. It's like there's there's a notion of like power 
overall, which is the people at the, the finals club, and Mark kind of creating power, which is what he's doing here in this scene where he's with a couple of his friends in his dorm room. And he decides to design this website with people from the Harvard campus, these females, and he puts their pictures side by side and he has people rate uh, which one's hotter by clicking on a picture. Super demeaning, but the scene is amazing. I mean, it's it's played to really a really amazing score, right? Like a fantastic score. The music, it's like upbeat, kind of like electronic music. And it's like, I don't there's something about, like that scene, it, it's, if the... If the score isn't good for that scene, I don't think it works as well. It's a really fun scene to watch. And if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. It's just super rewatchable. Like him just, they, they made coding seem like he's hacking, right? I mean, hacking, I mean, like, like he's, like he's, he's breaking into a bank. I mean, the way that it's shot, it's just, it's, it's amazing. So that's a great scene. Uh, the next scene is definitely when Eduardo, uh, Eduardo's girlfriend, which is played by Brenda Song and Mark meet. Sean Parker at that restaurant, it's 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 really great. Um, Justin Timberlake's really hamming it up. He's doing a great job, and it's the first time you realize it's the first it's the first time Mark is really like he's captivated by someone and he he sees his vision, and it's like it's it's it really is the beginning of the end for Mark in that scene. He's absorbing everything that Sean Parker is saying. And Sean Parker isn't exactly the greatest guy. I mean, he kind of says, like, you know, I invented two companies, but both companies have been bankrupt. And Eduardo doesn't like him immediately because he's 30 minutes late. And he's he hears that he has a drug problem. And he's dated, like, underage girls and stuff like that. So Eduardo was in the right and knew he was a bad guy. But Mark just saw him for the fact that he was able to create these companies like Napster when he was, you know, 19, 20 years old. And so Mark was just completely sucked in. But... If Timberlake doesn't ham it up in that instance, it doesn't work. And he does a great job, so that's why it's a great scene. The next great scene is the rowing scene. Okay, This scene shouldn't work. It's played to an interesting score, and it's literally just the Harvard rowing the rowing crew with the Winklevoss twins on it, and they're just they're racing. It's the way that it's shot, though. He's got the David Fincher has these 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 big wide camera angles and he's really you know into the motion the action of this uh of the scene he's just like eating up all the scenery and like it just looks fantastic like the scale on it is a little bit weird there's the it's not quite like the filter on it it's definitely a little bit more uh more stevia it's a lot it's a lot more dull and like uh like orange almost it's just the way that it's like a it's a beautifully shot scene and like it's that's basically David Fincher saying, "Yeah, I'm still really good. I can still I can record all or I can direct all of this this courtroom shenanigans, all these random you know scenes in dorm rooms and stuff like that. But I can still give you oh, was my bad. <laughs> but I can still give you something amazing on screen, even if it's for a short time. So I, I just I love that scene. It's just David Fincher just doing David Fincher things. The next one is. A scene that a lot of people don't think is a great scene, but I love it. There's something about this scene that I absolutely love. It's when Mark and Sean are at that club, and Sean's basically explaining to him uh, that Mark's going to be the next big, next big thing. That you know, they're, that Facebook's coming for everybody. That it's going to be really successful. But the reason why I love it is like Timberlake is screaming these these lyrics these uh, these the script at the top of his lungs, saying it as quickly as he can, just like over and over and over again. But they're in this club, this nightclub, and there's this, 
there's electronic music just blaring the whole time and you really have to listen in and you can see how somebody like Mark Zuckerberg would be sucked into that because he hasn't experienced any of this. He hasn't experienced all the pretty girls that he's that are that are that he has their attention now. He hasn't experienced somebody like uh, like Sean Parker who's just quick and witty and it's it's a lot, right? It was designed to be a lot because you want to get the impression that Mark is you know, he's being he's being compromised. You know, the idea of what Facebook was when he designed it is being compromised by somebody who has the ability of of compromising him. So that scene is just, I don't know, there's something about that scene that is just like and he tells him the whole story about the Victoria's Secrets model and like the Victoria's Secrets guy, and I don't know. It's just it's a great scene. And then we have the penultimate scene in the movie. It's the scene where you you're in the you're in the courtroom and it's Eduardo's case against uh, against Mark, and they're talking about when Eduardo went to the offices of Facebook to go sign some new uh, some new contracts that he was supposed to be signing, and you come to find out that Mark basically screwed Eduardo out of the rest of the company. You get told, and it's very great by this again the score, but you get told that Eduardo's shares went from you know twenty percent down to point zero three percent. And then, obviously, and rightfully so, Eduardo's pissed off. He walks real quick. Andrew Garfield just rocks quick. Starts yelling, Mark! Mark! And he's like, goes up to him. And then uh, Sean Parker's like, he's wired in. And then Eduardo's like, oh, he's wired in? He takes his laptop and just throws it on the ground. He's like, is he still wired in? And like, he goes through the whole thing where he's like, you know, how much were his shares diluted? How much were his? And it's, man, it's, it's amazing acting. I actually watched how they made that scene a couple weeks ago. And I was just so like, wow. They Andrew Garfield destroyed probably 50 laptops making that scene. And the scene is just amazing. You know, and then it's oh man, all the dialogue in it and everything. Like he's he's like, it's gonna be like I'm not I'm not a part of Facebook. And then Timberlake's like, it's not it's not gonna be like you're not a part of Facebook. You're not a part of Facebook. And it's just, oh man, it's so good. And then uh Sean Parker was Justin Blake's character. He's like, oh, you almost forgot this. It's a $19,000 on the account that you froze. And then Garfield goes, you know, and like fakes that he's going to hit him. And then, uh, and then uh, he says, I like standing next to you, Sean. Makes me feel so tough. And like, he just walks off and it's, oh man, it's so good. He kills that scene. It is like, it's amazing. That's the scene that I could watch over and over and over and over again I just, I feel so much power when I watch it. Like, yeah, I'm going to fucking tell that to somebody someday. Like, if you guys haven't, I advise doing this. Go on YouTube, look up that scene. I think it's called uh, the Social Network Confrontation Scene. But look at Dylan O'Brien's version of it. If you guys don't know, Dylan O'Brien is one of my favorite actors. He was in the Teen Wolf series on Netflix, or on Netflix, on MTV. He was in uh, Internship. He's been in a couple other things, the Maze Runner trilogy. He's a great actor, got hurt, and that's why he hasn't been in a lot of stuff lately. But he redid that scene, and it's fantastic. Um, I'm eating up this scene a lot because this is the best scene in the movie. If this scene doesn't exist in the movie, I think the, that it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And this movie is supposed to portray Mark Zuckerberg as being a horrible guy because he is a horrible guy. And this scene does it justice completely. So I, you know, that's the best scene. And there's no arguments. There should be no arguments. If you have an argument with me with this scene, DM me. We can we can talk about it. We can hash it out. I mean, so all right, category two. The Mui Mali Award. It's a very simple one. 
The fact that there are no interesting female characters in this movie is muy mal. It's very bad. Um, Aaron Sorkin is actually kind of known for doing this. He doesn't typically make really interesting roles for female characters. And that's a problem. I mean, all the female characters in this movie are just there to drive plot or to be some type of item for somebody to possess. And that just doesn't age that well. Everything else in the movie is great. There's nothing else muy mal about it. But the muy mal part of this movie is the fact that, you know, this, it's just not, it's, give, give a female act, actress a little bit more to get. You know, Rashida Jones does her best in this movie as being one of the legal counsel for Mark Zuckerberg. She's just not given a lot. It's not an interesting part. She tries, but it's just not good. So that's that's where the Mui Mall Award goes for this one. Uh, the, the Stole the Show Award is an award that goes to somebody that doesn't, doesn't have a ton of scenes in the movie. It's not a focal point of the movie, but every time they're on screen, you're just like, you're glued. You're, you're in. And that's Timberlake. Timberlake does a, such a good job in this movie he has to be on at all times. If Timberlake isn't on as Sean Parker the entire time, the movie doesn't work. He has to eat up all the scenery. He has to be that douchebag that you don't like. He has to do all of that, and he does it great. I mean, some might, people might think it might be a little bit of overacting on his part, but I think that that's really how Sean Parker was. Um, based on my reading as a Sean Parker, he's just he was all about the show, and to him, that's that's all it was. He was. He didn't have much. He didn't have much uh, substance. It was all show with that guy. And I think Timberlake really ate that up. So for me, he he definitely won the Still the Show award. Um, the recasting couch is is interesting. I don't really think that anyone does a really bad job in this movie at all. Um, I think everyone's cast perfectly. Eisenberg is perfectly cast. Um, I love RV Hammer. Obviously, ha- uh, Timberlake's great. You got Andrew Garfield's fantastic. Rooney Mara in the beginning is fantastic. If I had to pick somebody to to recast, it would probably be the Divi Narendra part, and that was uh, Max Mangala's part. I just want it to be maybe somebody that wound up being a little bit more famous. It would have been good if somebody like Dev Patel was in this role. I think Dev Patel would have been just fine. Just just, And it's not like Max Mangala did bad. I just think that we need, because this movie's so iconic, and it's going to be a top 50 movie for years and years and years, long after we're all gone. I think it should be an actor who's a little bit more famous that portrayed this role. So for me, that's that's the only recasting couch that I got. All right. It's, it's here. Best quote. A lot of best quotes. Um, I'm only going to pull a few of them. And these are the ones that I think are the most interesting. They're the most fun. So uh, here, here's some of the best quotes. Best quote. Uh, sorry, if I'm looking down, these are my notes. I have to... I can't remember all this shit. I don't want to do the quote a disservice. So that's how we're going to be doing it. First best quote. If you guys were the inventors of Facebook, you would have invented Facebook. I mean, what else you got to say there? That's a great quote. It's, it's sort of sweet and to the point. Next quote. Probably, it's a, it's, this one's a personal favorite for me. I'm 6 foot 5, 220, and there's two of me. <laughs> that's just... I don't know. I always think that one's kind of funny because I am six foot five and my brother's, I always like, that's, that's like me and my brother's thing. Like like my brother's not six foot five, but it's like, there's two of us like good luck, you know, but, uh, next quote, it's, it's the scene where, uh, where Eduardo's confronting Mark about losing all the shares in Facebook. And he says, sorry, my pronouns are the cleaners along with my hoodie and my fuck you flip flops. It's just beautiful. I love that whole thing. I, I cannot 
I cannot get over that one. That's that's an amazing quote. I don't know why it works. It shouldn't work, but I'm glad that it does work. The next quote is the longest quote that I'm gonna that I have for you guys. But man, I just I get chills every single time I hear it. I gotta. I, I'm reading it off my other screen, so please excuse me. I think if your clients want to sit on my shoulders and call themselves tall, they have they have the right to give it a try. But there's no requirement that I enjoy sitting here listening to people lie. You have part of my attention. You have the minimum amount. The rest of my attention is back at the offices of Facebook where my colleagues and I are doing things that no one in this room, including and especially your clients, are intellectually or creatively capable of doing. Did I, did I adequately answer your condescending question? Ooh, chills. It's just, man. That's, that's when... Uh, when they're in the courtroom and the the lawyer for the Winklevoss twins and uh, and Divi Narendra, he's saying, "Mark, do I have your attention?" And Mark just goes on that tangent. Man, it's just it's so good. He does such a good job with that line, and he delivers it so quickly and like on point. It's it's I mean, it's a great quote. I mean, it's there's not much to that. And then the last good quote is, "You're not a bad guy, Mark. You're just trying hard to be." I picked that one because. I think part of it is true. And that also happens to be the very last line that you hear in this movie. And that was it was told by uh, Rashida Jones, the, uh, the the person on his counsel. I just think it's an interesting quote because I don't think that he was trying to be a bad guy or that he is trying to be a bad guy. I, just, or I don't think that he is a bad guy. I just think that he really wanted to be because he thinks that people wronged him and stuff like that. But I don't know. I, th- I thought it was interesting. But for me, the best quote is, if you were the inventors of Facebook, you would have invented Facebook. I mean, that's that's really what the movie's all about, is who invented Facebook. And that's the reason why they had these court cases and everything. And it's short and sweet and to the point. I love that quote. So for me, that's best quote. The next category is facts on production. There are a lot of facts on production. Uh, first one, Aaron Sorkin started writing the script for the social network before the book that the movie is based on was even published. So, I mean, it's just, that's just some Sorkin magic there. Um, I don't know. I think that's really interesting. Uh, Next one. This is probably the most interesting one. And with this guy, it would have been a completely different movie. Shia LaBeouf turned down the role of Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, it's true. It happened. He turned it down. And thank God. I don't think that this movie works with Shia LaBeouf. I think Shia is a great actor. I really think he is. I just think that Shia would have been, he would have done things a little bit more manic than Jesse Eisenberg would have. And I don't think the movie works as well. I don't think that Shia has that cadence that, uh, that Jesse Eisenberg has in order to say these lines as quickly as possible, as clear as possible, as concise as possible. Shia doesn't have that in him, so I'm glad that he turned it down. It would have been a worse, it might, it might not have been a worse movie, but it definitely would have lost some of the meaning and feeling of this movie. I think Shia is a little bit more likable of a person than Eisenberg comes off in this movie. And you need you need Mark Zuckerberg to be cold. You need him to be cold. It just it doesn't work any other way. Um, the Social Network wasn't filmed at Harvard. Harvard didn't allow the Social Network or the, Harvard doesn't like anyone filming movies on their campus. So what they did was they filmed a lot of these scenes at John Hopkins Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. And uh, it just, you know, it just unfortunately it kind of sucked. Um, what's another good one? Uh, and then, oh, the last one is uh, when they're when Divina Rendra and the Winklevoss twins are talking about who attended the campus uh, of Harvard and who, you know, he's like, you know, there was two 
what did he say? He's like, Mark was the biggest thing on campus that had uh, two Olympians, you know, something else, and a movie star. And they said, who's a movie star? And then Divi says, doesn't matter. Movie star was Natalie Portman. So Natalie Portman was on campus at Harvard in 2003 when all this was going down. So it's kind of interesting. I, always, I thought that's an interesting fact. Next category, nitpicks. I don't have a lot of nitpicks for this movie. Um, again, it's kind of like the same thing as the Muy Mall Award is the female characters. You know, you, you, if th- this movie should have had at least one more down-to-earth female character that wasn't just there for plot or wasn't just there for, you know, these characters to pine after. I think that's what this movie's kind of lacking. Big nitpick, though. Award season. Okay, this is a big deal. The 2011 Oscars are a complete joke. Jesse Eisenberg for sure should have won Best Actor. It went to Colin Firth for the King's Speech. Never seen the King's Speech. Probably will never see the King's Speech. But I guarantee you the King's Speech is not better than The Social Network. Also, I'm going to read off the Best Picture nominees for 2011. We'll see if, if how Social Network stands up. We have The King's Speech, Black Swan, The Fighter, Inception, The Kids Are Alright, 127 Hours, The Social Network, Toy Story 3, True Grit, Winner's Bone. A lot of good movies, Okay. I would have given it the my my top picks for sure would have been the social network 127 hours and inception. The social network's the best movie there. Should have won best picture. The fact that it didn't is a, is a travesty and it makes no sense given that this movie might be the best movie of the 2010s. It's in the conversation. It's top 5 for sure. And Quentin Tarantino, he does a top 10 uh, list for every decade. Social network is number 1 on his top 10 list for the 2010s. And Quentin Tarantino is one of the biggest movie fans of all time, let alone one of the best directors of all time. And he has this as number one. So, I mean, that tells you, you know, pretty much everything you need to know. And the final category, who won the movie? Simple. David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin won this movie. Aaron Sorkin crafted the script. Those are his words on the screen. That's his dialogue. It's his. And David Fincher was able to throw his style in there, his dark, gritty style, the combination of both of them is something I didn't know was possible, and it's something I didn't know I needed. We need more movies like this with 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 that type of talent. Somebody that's just willing to create something, pass it off to a director he know he or she knows has you know better skill and able to tell this story in a more stylistic way, and you get stuff like this. This just doesn't happen. They won the movie. I mean, it's. And the fan. I mean, the fans on the movie too. But David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin, they won the movie and deservedly so. I mean, I'll clap up for him. I don't care. It's kind of cheesy, but I don't really give a shit. But you guys, that was my my movie talk on the social network. Um, I hope I was able to talk about a lot of things that you guys might have wanted to hear. I love this movie. Um, I could probably go on and on and on about this movie, but I like to keep the the time on the podcast a little bit not as weighty. You know, if, if... if, if that is, like at a certain point, if my throat starts getting kind of dry, which it is, just means I'm talking too much. So, so I, I, I want to make sure that I end on a high note. Um, as always, guys, please like, share, and subscribe on YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please make sure you comment on Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment. Leave a comment on YouTube. Share, guys. Please, you know, please just share. Share what's going on here if you like what I'm doing. And uh, also follow on Instagram. That's my home base, cam.cast, K-A-M.K-A-S-T. Um, until next, uh, the next podcast, guys, uh, thank you for listening and peace and love. Thanks.